Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. So this episode is based on an email that I got from a lovely lady called Amy who got in touch having listened to the podcast and told me her story which is just amazing and had some questions about how to maintain the results that she's achieved so far and I thought it'd be helpful to do a podcast episode on this firstly so I can give Amy some more in-depth advice and second because I think it's a topic that is really useful to talk about and hopefully other people will find it helpful as well. So first thing I'm going to do is read out the whole email and then I'll go back through it and just give some thoughts and ideas based on a few things that Amy has said. So this is the email. I'd firstly just like to say I've only been following you a few weeks but my gosh you've helped me so much with my mindset so thank you so much for that. I love listening to your podcast while I'm driving to work and it really gives me focus to achieve my goals throughout the day. For a bit of background and context, I've been overweight or obese for as long as I can remember. Even back to primary school, the weight started to creep on and just got worse and worse. I started my first of many stints at Weight Watchers when I was 19. And although I initially lost weight at the start of each time I enrolled, it always came back on and I kind of gave up for a few years. Fast forward to age 26, I was 17 stone and desperately unhappy, searching for a miracle. I came across hypnotherapy for weight loss and 200 pounds later, 200 pounds in money, I'd lost seven stone in six months. I was ecstatic, but in all honesty, I developed an eating disorder, verging on both anorexia and bulimia. I met my now husband during this period and he helped me to recover. However, as I stopped the disordered eating, I then piled on all seven stone and more over the next decade. During the last 10 years, we've got married and had two babies. I've been up and down with my weight between 14 and 18 stone and had gestational diabetes with my first baby. So this brings me to my current situation. I'm 38 now. Last year, I decided enough was enough and I was going to lose weight for the very last time. I was going to treat my body with the respect it deserves and happily I did and I've stuck to it. I've lost five stone down from 17 stone to 12 stone now and from a size 20 to 12 to 14. I've done this slowly over the past year and enjoyed every step of the way. I actively and gladly choose food to nourish both my body and my soul. I still eat the foods I love but balance this with all the right things too and plenty of walking. 8,000 steps on the school run daily and fresh air. I've overhauled my life and attitude to eating and moving my body for the sheer joy of it and the endorphins I get. I've recently changed jobs so I have a bit more freedom and time to exercise so I've joined the gym and plan to fit in a swim gym session weekly and signed up to my local Zumba class too. I know I'm doing all the right things, I trust myself implicitly that I will do this for life. I'm around six pounds away from my goal weight. I've got rid of bags and bags of clothes that are happily hanging off of me now. I've never felt more happy, secure and confident in my own skin. 
my mental health is the best it's been in years. But, but I'm terrified. I'm terrified the weight will somehow creep back on and I'll be rebuying size 20 clothes again. I will not let this happen. I need help in knowing how to maintain my new weight because I've never ever managed it. I've only ever lost or gained weight. I've spent a long time researching how to maintain weight, but I keep coming across the same thing. 90% of people who lose a large amount of weight will put it all back on. And this is apparently founded on the basis that the human body has evolved over time to associate weight loss with famine and so tries to keep the body at its largest known state to compensate for this. This happens This happens during the process. Hang on, let me ignore that last bit. We'll come back to that. So carrying on with the email. So even if you stick to the same eating habits and exercise that you relied upon to lose the weight, you cannot override biology as your metabolism has essentially slowed down so much that it's now near impossible to maintain or lose anymore. Therefore, the weight comes back on and you're back to where you started. I.e. if you've ever been obese, it's virtually impossible to reverse long term. And it doesn't even have anything to do with willpower, etc. It's biology and this cannot be controlled. Whilst this does seem plausible, it surely cannot be the case, can it? I'm so scared that my newfound body and confidence are about to be snatched away from me. Listening to your podcast, I'm beginning to understand the whole protein and weightlifting advice in terms of speeding up your metabolism to burn fat, not muscle. I drink plenty of water and have protein in every meal. Is this enough? I'm yet to start lifting weights and don't really know where to start, to be honest. I'm willing to put my all into this, but with two young children, a job and a house to manage, time is limited to say the least. I will probably manage one session a week in the gym where I could incorporate some weights, but other than that, I'm struggling to see where I can fit it in. I have no spare time on an evening or weekend due to incredibly hectic and busy family life. Anyway, thank you for taking the time to read this novel and any advice would be greatly appreciated. So firstly, amazing, Amy, amazing for for achieving weight loss in that way with such a sustainable approach, building healthy habits and the way that you've done it, taking your time over the past year and enjoying every step of the way. That is just awesome to read. And that in itself gives me so much confidence that you will maintain the results that you've achieved you said that you need help in knowing how to maintain it and the key thing I would say is to keep doing what you've been doing the best things you can do for sustainable weight loss is really exactly what you have listed enjoying what you eat eating foods that you love but balancing it with all the right things And I think by balancing it with the right things, you're basically saying you've got great nutrition, you're looking for protein, looking for natural foods, some healthy fats, fruits and vegetables, good carbohydrates, and you're also enjoying whatever else you love now and again, bit of cake, chocolate, pizza, whatever. You've got daily walking in there, 8,000 steps on the school run, so perfect, so you've got your movement, you've got your, your fresh air for physical and mental health, you're looking at protein and weight training as well, which is just brilliant. Like Those are the two key components to add, I would say, which you're already doing. But the fact that you've lost this weight slowly and that you've enjoyed it, I think that in itself can give you all the confidence in the world that you can keep the results. If I go through a few bits that you've said, so you've mentioned obviously the struggles that you've had since since you were really young and this is so common for 
so many people right, who had weight loss struggles since essentially since childhood or like for decades if not since childhood it still can be decades of struggle and that can make it feel like you're just you just don't know what it's like to be maintaining a weight that you're happy with for a period of time and in this case when it was struggling since childhood you basically didn't get the chance to build those good habits early on in life for whatever reason and that has led to to the fluctuations in weight and to trying different diets and different approaches and finding that they're really hard to stick to finding that weight fluctuates and eventually you found what works which is that bit by bit sustainable healthy approach finding balance and you've done brilliantly to do that and to have lost that weight over a year in a really sustainable way and that is the key you've built the habits now that you just you didn't have earlier on in life and sometimes people will will grow up and they'll just naturally they'll have these habits in place whether it's just because of their environment that they live in they've got just parents that happily maintain their weight and have a a lifestyle that just is conducive to that whereas other people maybe haven't got the environment that they needed or just for whatever reason they they've had these struggles and they haven't yet built the habits that will help them to maintain a healthy weight and sometimes we get further into life and then once we're adults and we're busy with work and kids and things then we lose some of those habits that could be just what we need to achieve amazing results and keep them but what you've done here is just create what you needed created that lifestyle that you enjoy and that gets you looking after your body physically and with amazing nourishment and activity so the fact that you said you've overhauled your life and attitude to eating and you're moving your body for the sheer joy of it and the endorphins you get just reading that is just so so good to read because so often we associate exercise with burning calories losing weight but when you're moving for the joy of it and you're getting endorphins from from doing your exercise that gives me so much belief that you will just keep doing it because you enjoy it when you enjoy it why would you stop right why would you want to change that as long as you can keep these habits you will keep the results as well so you said that there is obviously a lot of a lot of stuff you can read online about how people will regain weight and 95 percent of diets fail is often a, another stat that's kind of thrown around these are not actual statistics that have come from any particular research like they are just kind of numbers that are banded around we don't really have the research to to show how many people are successful with long-term weight loss and there's so many variables as well that it makes it really difficult to to even research that there's so many different factors that can impact weight and there's so many different weight ranges there's different diets people do there's different ways of of losing that weight it's really hard to say but there are there has been some recent studies on some of the biggest loser contestants and that i think showed that those contestants they lost obviously a massive amount of weight on that program and a lot of them ended up regaining the vast majority of that weight back and that has been turned into a few articles and things you can probably find online so i'm wondering whether some of the research you come across might have been talking about that and they did do a study on those some of those contestants and found that their metabolism was a lot lower than you'd expect it to be 
for somebody who was like the weight that they were when they lost weight so essentially what we what we find in the research is that people who do lose a large amount of weight can end up with a lower metabolism than someone who's the same weight and always maintains that weight so you do get a bit of compensation in the body this isn't the same for everybody and it doesn't mean that you will regain that weight anyway so the thing to remember with something like the biggest loser particularly is that that weight loss was not sustainable that was done intensely in a completely alien environment it wasn't about building habits and long-term strategies it was just about losing that weight as quick as possible so that's when you get the the kind of biggest metabolic adaptations that aren't helpful that's when you do tend to find it is difficult to keep that weight off but the way that Amy has done this and the way that I always recommend doing it is taking your time like building habits that work for you where it's just part of your routine to be moving daily and to be doing exercise that you enjoy and to be looking at nutrition and making those little changes where you're nourishing your body and you're feeling fantastic and you're also like not cutting anything out you're still enjoying your favorite foods and I think Amy is doing that really well by the sounds of it so I think there was another bit that um that you said Amy so um, you mentioned this is apparently founded on the basis that the human body has evolved over time to associate weight loss with famine and so tries to keep the body at its largest known state to compensate for this so this is often something you'll find on the internet as well and there is there is a bit of truth to some of it in that again when we do things in a restrictive way when we try and go on a diet and lose weight fast by cutting out a big chunk of the food that we normally eat whether it's going low carb going going on keto diet or just any any diet that's restrictive and suddenly brings a massive drop in our food intake that is when the body tends to sense that hey this isn't right like we suddenly had a massive drop in our calorie intake the body will sense that that's happening and go back to its kind of old primal strategy of trying to conserve energy because it thinks there might be a famine if we're suddenly not taking in much food going back for our entire existence up until the last 100 years or so or less not having much food has meant that there's not much food around so the body will assume that okay maybe there isn't much food in our environment maybe there is a bit of a famine going on so let's conserve as much energy as possible and if we do come across something that we can eat let's eat a lot of it let's really send up those urges to overindulge so we can put some fat back on and then be safe from famine for longer basically so it's going to drive you to crave foods can drive you to overeat when you do come across something sweet or delicious that you think you shouldn't have but you have just a bite then like the floodgates open that's when that tends to happen and it's also when we do tend to find that our bodies will just slow down to try and conserve energy as much as possible so when you're on a restrictive diet you will feel tired you'll feel like you don't want to do as much moving around um you'll feel like you might be more inclined to kind of sit down and just fidget less and you might not even notice to a degree that that that's happening you'll probably feel tired but you'll also you'll be doing things to a lesser degree than you normally would so you'll fidget less and you'll just sit down more and this is your body trying to stop you from burning unnecessary calories 
And what will also happen is in a restricted diet, you tend to lose muscle mass quite quickly. And that is obviously not a good thing because if you lose muscle, then your metabolism drops. And that is again when it becomes really hard to maintain the weight that you reach. But that muscle loss happens when you're just not taking in enough nutrition to maintain it. So you're not getting enough protein, not enough calories, and also not doing strength training. So when we look at what is the best approach then, it's to eat enough to eat protein and to do strength training and lose weight in a sustainable way, a longer term way. So this famine kind of leading to regaining the weight, that is something that can happen in a really short term restrictive diet, but it won't happen when you lose it sustainably as Amy has done. So Amy, I would not worry about that. And what you've done, what you've put in place so far, you've got really good, really good set of habits and routines there that will stop that regain happening as long as you keep practicing what you're doing. And what else did I want to say? So yeah, so if you stick to the same habits and when we're looking at what are the key habits for long-term weight loss, whether you've struggled with weight for your whole life or whether it's a a short-term struggle, however long it's been, the key habits are always going to be the same. And if you follow them consistently, you'll create and achieve amazing results. And as long as you then continue with those habits, you will continue to keep the results. So those habits would be controlling your calorie intake in some way to lose weight we need to reduce our calorie intake we need to be in a calorie deficit meaning that we're taking in less calories than our body is burning on average on a daily basis and we need to do that in small incremental ways not in drastic cutting lots of things out ways so when you do that when you've just done it through ways like dropping um unnecessary snacking just increasing protein which makes you feel fuller for longer which helps you then to avoid other snacks that you might have when you've done it through perhaps just slightly smaller portions keeping track of your food is really helpful just to bring awareness to how much you're eating practicing mindful eating as well actually sitting down to have your meal at a table enjoying it noticing each bite and doing that with with snacks as well just whatever you're eating being really mindful and noticing the taste noticing how it's making you feel those things can really help you to just to keep aware of your food because we live in a, an environment where there's just food everywhere and it's really easy to overeat because we're busy, we're distracted, we use that food for energy, we've often built the habit of using it for comfort and distraction as well. So slowing things down and being really mindful is a key habit that will help you naturally reduce your calorie intake as well for most people. Eating protein, as I said, is is a big one. Firstly, for keeping you fuller for longer, but also for helping you maintain muscle, which as we all get older, we generally lose muscle after about the age of 30. So to be eating enough protein, protein is the building block of muscle. So if you combine enough protein with resistance training, then you're doing the best you can to keep hold of muscle and you'll make a huge difference to the amount of muscle you have in decades to come and therefore your metabolism your strength your ability to not get injured like your balance your general physical health will all be hugely impacted in a really positive way by just those two things alone protein and strength training and then we've got the walking 
and just general activity as well which when you've got it built into your lifestyle like amy's got the school run fantastic i guess when that changes if you if the kids go to a new school and you're not doing the school run anymore then it'd be the same for anyone just looking to see where can you factor in that movement into your day so could you if you don't have kids that go to school for example could you go for a walk first thing in the morning or at lunch could you park further away from the office each day just to get a few more extra steps there could you go for an evening walk like how can you factor these things in and just make it work for you so that it becomes a routine it's just what you do doing those things will absolutely help you to maintain the results and I think for you Amy as well protein and strength training are two things that you're looking to add in which is even better like you've got a bit of a focus on protein already haven't yet done strength training and with protein you've mentioned um i think you're having having it in each meal which is brilliant it's likely that for most for most women we don't tend to have enough even with trying to get it into each meal so where you are is probably totally fine and increasing it a little bit more could be really helpful but the fact you've achieved the results you've achieved without potentially having optimal protein and without doing strength training but you're looking to increase and improve those then that again is a huge vote in confidence that you will achieve your achieve your final goal of that last six pounds and maintain it and yeah it bodes really really well for your for your long-term success and you said as well part of the email you wrote was so even if you stick to the same eating habits and exercise that you relied upon to lose the weight you cannot override biology as your metabolism has essentially slowed down so much that it's near impossible to maintain or lose any more. Therefore, the weight comes back on and you're back to where you started. So what I would say with this is that you'll get to a certain point where your your metabolism is like, right, we're happy here. And to lose more weight might mean a change in, in your lifestyle that you're not willing to make. So it might require just going a little bit lower in calories again and that might be something that you just don't enjoy i think where you are with that you've only got six pounds left to lose it's likely you'll get to that goal and and just be really totally fine there and you won't find that anything changes and makes you regain weight you'll find that if you've reached it in a sustainable way and you're continuing with those habits then you will be able to maintain where you're at it's particularly important to keep that focus on the protein and the strength training because the thing that will change over time is obviously we all get older and as we get older that is when we are prone to losing muscle and it's the loss of muscle that is a big contributor to gaining weight over time because we've got less muscle so therefore our metabolism is starting to drop and we tend to move less as we get older as well so if you've got that awareness of that that can happen and you're just continuing to eat protein and you're continuing to do strength training and you are continuing to be active then you're really fighting against those things and giving yourself an amazing chance of just maintaining a a fit healthy body and the weight will absolutely not come back on unless you start to change those habits and start eating more and moving less you can be really really assured hopefully that it will be completely fine what I would say too is that you you might well notice that you do gain a little bit of weight at some point as as is very very normal for anyone to do and if that happens that's really key to not 
not panic about and not worry about because you might notice that your brain might go to worrying that this is the start of the regain just because you've got that kind of thought process in there from having read these things online we tend to make assumptions based on the stories we've already got in our heads and when you've read stories about weight regain and that's a fear for you you could probably find that as soon as you see a few pounds go on the scales your automatic thought might be this is the start of it happening and then it can trigger this kind of fear and worry and panic and that's why I'm kind of saying this really is really important for anyone to to be aware of where your brain wants to go with things and to be ready for that or just to take a step back if you notice a a fearful thought take a step back and think actually is that true is that definitely what's happening here if you notice you'd gained a few pounds you could just rationalize that completely fairly as uh, this is just normal for this to happen at times let's have a look at my habits and my actions recently and see like has anything changed has anything slipped have I done things differently and often you might find that maybe just a bit of mindless eating has crept in or you maybe had a really social month and you've been out and had some meals out and a few drinks and takeaways and that could easily just mean a few pounds have gone on but then you can just redress that like the next month you might have found like life has actually just got really busy and your routines changed a little bit so maybe done less walking or just not had time to go to the gym as much and all of that would be normal but if you notice oh yeah that habit that's just dropped a little bit maybe I've not been sleeping as much or drinking as much water there's all sorts of things that could easily impact progress and just cause a little bit of weight gain and often it could just be hormones as well so having that kind of logical rational approach to it is really helpful as well and knowing that there will be something that you can address that will help you just to to tip the scales back to where you want them to be and the best thing you can do is just not panic and look at it as a bit of a scientist and see okay what what can I find here that maybe I could tweak a little bit that will just help me get back to where I want to be and then just refocus on one key habit and then put that into action give it a bit of time as well give it a few weeks and then if you've seen some progress fantastic and if you haven't then it's just going back again and just having a look to see okay what else do I want to tweak here but very often you'll you'll know if you're looking at it with a calm rational mind which isn't always the easiest thing to do but if you're giving yourself the chance to do that and, and even just writing things down writing a list of these are my habits like what would I rate myself out of 10 for like my consistency with these habits in the last month and then you might find one or two of them are maybe lower consistency than the others and then that could be the thing to focus on you also mentioned I drink plenty of water and have protein in every meal is this enough I would say to that with protein if it's a palm-sized serving in each meal then it probably is enough it kind of probably is at least adequate um adding protein into a snack is really helpful as well because if we're looking at numbers for most women at least 100 grams of protein a day is helpful and this does depend a bit on height and weight and activity levels and all sorts of stuff but as a general number 100 grams or more is just helpful for a lot of women to to have and if we're saying okay to get 100 grams out of three meals and a snack we're going to need kind of 30 grams in each meal roughly and that gives you a bit of leeway where maybe dinner you might be able to get slightly more breakfast might be a little bit less or lunch might be a little bit less so just adding in a bit in a snack which could be something like 
Greek yogurt, a protein shake, a couple of boiled eggs or baby bells, that kind of thing. Protein mixed into yogurt, protein powder mixed into yogurt is another one that a lot of my clients quite enjoy. I enjoy it too. But if you said, yeah, I'm going to get a bit of protein into one of my snacks as well, that could be helpful. But if you wanted to kind of look at it a bit more in depth, you could try just tracking that for a few days. I don't know whether you've used anything like MyFitnessPal um, or NutriCheck, but those are a couple of good apps that just have a massive database of all the foods that you can find pretty much. And it allows you then to just log a day, log the food that you're eating. And you have to be quite specific with it to get the most out of it which is why it's not doesn't have to be a long-term strategy at all you can learn a lot from just a few days but if you're logging what you tend to have on a normal day then you can you'll get the stats for that day so you'll find out how many calories you tend to have how much protein is in that day and it gives you then a bit of an indicator as to what you might want to tweak if you're looking to increase your protein intake you might notice that maybe you could have had a slightly bigger portion of chicken at dinner or you could have had a bit more Greek yogurt. For example, a lot of people have a few tablespoons of yogurt with some granola at breakfast, and actually much more than that, like 150 grams, 200 grams of yogurt. That's a really helpful portion size in terms of protein. And you could have like the same same amount of granola, say 40 grams or something, 40, 50 grams, but add some berries to that too. So then you've got extra nutrients if you don't already have them. You've got antioxidants and fiber and vitamins and minerals and it's just it's a bigger meal it's more filling there's more protein so tracking it's helpful just to give you give you that awareness of then what you could tweak if needed and it would be worth doing potentially but if you didn't want to track i would just say a palm size serving of protein in each meal plus a protein related snack would be great and you also said i'm yet to start lifting weights and don't really know where to start to be honest so with this there is there's plenty of information and ideas on my instagram page at Haley plumber pt and on there you'll find videos of different ideas for workouts you can do in the gym or at home with kettlebells dumbbells resistance bands and um, there's also infographics that show the key exercises to focus on and on my website as well there is a, a blog post a recent blog post about strength training for women so if you go to hayleyplumber.co.uk click on the blog page and scroll down it's a few posts down and you'll see that there so that will give you some starting points the key thing is to keep it simple so when you're new to doing weights if we break it down as simply as we can do what we really want to do is do big moves that work big groups of muscle in the body and you could break it down into just three things and that could be an exercise that works your legs and if we're looking at what would that be if you've got nothing else to use in terms of equipment doing a squat would be one of the best exercises that you can do anyway something where you're bending your knees you're having to lower your body down so you've got big groups of muscle in your thighs and your bum in your lower legs as well are working core muscles are working too so a squat is an amazing exercise but you could also do something like a leg press if you're in the gym or you could do any sort of deadlift and deadlift is something that's good to get someone to show you first time you do it because it takes a bit of practice to get the technique and the position right but once you know how to do it you can do a deadlift with a, a bar in the gym that's the classic one but actually doing it with a kettlebell is 
fantastic exercises that you could then do potentially at home if you have a kettlebell. You can also do deadlift with dumbbells, resistance bands. And it's an amazing exercise for strengthening the back of your legs, your glute muscles in your bum, and also your back and your core. So anything like that, anything big, lower body move would be one thing. And then thinking about the upper body, we want something where we're pushing and something where we're pulling. And if you can get a push in the pull, you're basically working big chunks of opposing muscles and most of your upper body. And if we're thinking, okay, what is an exercise where I am pushing? Pushing would be push-ups or press-ups is one of the best exercises, again, that you can do and doesn't require any equipment. If you find those challenging to do on the floor, which many people do, then having your hands on something like a bench or your sofa at home or kitchen worktop, that helps you to make it easier enough to to lower yourself down and then push back up again. That's an elevated push-up when your hands are somewhere higher. And that still is a brilliant exercise to do. And if you build strength through doing that a few times a week, then you'll find over time, you can find somewhere a bit lower down to then do that again. And you're gradually then working your way towards the floor over time. Other good pushing exercises could be chest press machine in the gym. It could be an overhead press. If you've got dumbbells at home, just pushing dumbbells up over your head, that is a press or a push. And that would work your shoulders, it work your core, work your arms. That's a great exercise to do as well. And then if we're thinking, what is a pull, a pulling movement? Generally, it's a row, an exercise that would be called a row. And not like rowing, rowing machine, like a rower's in pulling a weight towards you. And that would be anything you can do with, you can do dumbbells where you pull the weights towards you. You can do like a kneeling row. You can do a bent over row. If you're in the gym, you can find a cable machine where you can pull a handle towards you. And that's called a seated row. You can also do pull downs, like the lap pull down machine. That is also, it's a pull down, but it's pulling towards you. So it's the same kind of thing. It's working similar muscles to what you do in the other pulling movements. And if you can do one each of those, so one leg, one push, one pull, then that is the start of a brilliant workout that you could do in the gym, you could do at home, you could do anywhere. So that would be the place that I'd start. Ideally, if you go to the gym, which I'd highly recommend if you can, even if it's just once a week, um, normally most gyms will do an induction where they will show you how to use the equipment and they'll often offer an updated program over time as well. So definitely recommend doing that and if you can investing in a a few sessions with a personal trainer will give you a huge return on that money just from being able to learn good technique on some of the the key exercises even if you've got a bit of an idea what to do having a personal trainer that can show you the best safest way to do things is just hugely hugely valuable and you could maybe space those sessions out if you wanted to as well so when I was a personal trainer I would have clients who would do a session, learn some some key moves and then go practice it for a few weeks and then come back and we would just review how things are going. I would check their technique and there's always little things that we tend to pick up, little bad habits with with moves that we do. So our body will naturally try and find what feels like the easiest way to do things. And it's often not the most effective or efficient if we're looking to get stronger and have balanced muscles. We often will shift to one side a little bit or do all sorts of of kind of slightly different moves that aren't optimal so if you got someone to check that and and then you tweak things then you go again practice it again and then you might come back and learn, learn some new things in that third session for example and then you're just building a bit of a knowledge base that you're then going away and practicing building confidence 
and then coming back. There are personal trainers who will do that. And obviously, if you can do a block of sessions like consistently close to each other, then that's really helpful as well. But just even a few sessions, like I actually think it's more beneficial in some ways to have a few sessions that are spread out rather than have intense sessions like where you just meet a trainer once or twice a week for a long time. Often when you do that, when you have intense sessions, it's brilliant, but it's easy to not really pick much up because you've just got someone there thinking for you. And then when you go on your own, I would often find clients would have just kind of forgotten what to do because I was setting things up and I was instructing them. And it was great in in a lot of ways because when you do loads of things outside of the gym, like you want to just not really have to think when you come into the gym and just do a workout. But it doesn't tend to help you if you want to eventually be on your own and be really confident that you're doing it right and that you know how to use everything. So if you had a session and you went away and practiced, you'll probably find you're a bit unsure, you make a few mistakes, but that's great because then you'll you'll pick things up, you'll get to readjust your technique when you come back for another session, go away again, practice it again, and you learn a lot more that way. So either way, investing in a trainer would be amazing if you can, but if you can't, just getting an induction and then watching some videos, checking your technique in a mirror, asking for help is just really under underrated. In the gym, you would always have gym instructors or personal trainers walking around and they'll always be happy to help, or at least they should if they're if they're good. And definitely asking someone for help is, is really key because sometimes people don't like to be asked for help or don't like to be offered help. And so you'll find certain gym instructors will will not approach you because they're waiting for you to ask them. So don't be afraid to ask and get as much help and and technique advice as possible to make sure that you're really confident with getting the most out of your time there. And if you're at home, obviously videos and getting yourself recorded is helpful as well. Just even if you just watch yourself just to see, do I look like the person in the video? That's a really helpful thing too. But you can get trainers to come to your house and even just one session of that would be great. But if we're thinking for you, Amy, with you said, I'm willing to put my all into this, but with two young children, a job and a house to manage, time is limited to say the least. I'll probably manage one session a week in the gym where I could incorporate some weight. What I would say is one session a week in the gym where you can do weights would be incredible. If you can do that, definitely recommend it. And I would prioritise the weights above any cardio that you might be thinking of as well. If you're thinking what's the most effective for getting amazing results and maintaining them is that strength and then moving in some form but you can do movement outside of the gym having access to the the variety of weights that at a gym is just the best thing you can have so I'd really make the most of that time and aim to get stronger there go in there and do the weights first if you've got time for cardio afterwards then great but even if you just went in and did weights and then you just you carried on with your 8,000 steps and you do your Zumba class that you've mentioned that would be just brilliant. It would be so, so beneficial to do. So I would, yeah, I would do that. And then one session a week in the gym for weights. If you could then add to that a couple of, of workouts at home that could be like 10 to 15 minutes long, that that would be just a, an amazing week. And it's that consistency of training that's really helpful. So you'll still get great results with once a week, but it'll take a lot longer. And if you can make it two or three times a week, then you will definitely notice fantastic benefits from that. And it could literally be 15 minutes at home. And on my Instagram page, you'll see some short workout ideas that literally say 15 minutes. 
on some of the graphics as well. And so even if you had a longer workout that you just do as much of it as you can in 15 minutes, that's still really helpful. And you said, um, other than that, I'm struggling to see where I can fit it in. I have no spare time on an evening or weekend due to an incredibly hectic and busy family life. So this just, yeah, brings me back to anything you can do is great and consistency will be perfection every single time. So if it's five or 10 minutes that you can squeeze in and you're just doing some squats or press-ups, that's amazing. Like it's always going to be better than not doing anything because you think that you haven't got time. Generally, we can all find 10 or 15 minutes, two or three times a week to do some workouts at home. And it's that perfectionism mindset that can hold so many of us back from doing that. So if you know like it's going to be effective, I'm going to do it, I'm going to block out that time, get it done, then I can guarantee that you will get fantastic progress from from doing that consistently. Uh, Combined with everything else as well, it will be a really good week. And that's the key thing I think for everyone is to build strength training in in a way that works for you even if you don't particularly enjoy it it's one of the things that i would say it's worth doing even when you don't like it and that's when making it 10-15 minutes long it's kind of like okay i can do that even if it's not amazingly enjoyable you can hopefully make it more enjoyable by sticking on a music playlist that you really like or watching a video at the same time or just doing whatever you can think of that makes it more fun but it is worth it for that it's just like cleaning our teeth or eating vegetables and things like that we do those things because they are good for us and you can literally add decades to your life by doing this so it's so so worth it and um where was I going to go with that so the other thing I would want to say to you Amy is just huge congratulations on what you've achieved um I hope you are really really proud of that and how you've done it is just again phenomenal like to lose it in that way and to enjoy it and to make it that sustainable you can just rest assured that you will be able to maintain those results and it will always come down to habits for all of us so anyone listening to this if you have got a goal in mind and you've achieved it or you're on your way there but you're worried about sliding back if you can say to yourself is this is this sustainable does this feel like something that i could keep doing for the rest of my life if your answer to that is yes then you have no reason to worry if your answer is no i don't think i can do this then see what you can tweak it's what little changes would you need to make for it to feel more sustainable and it's finding that balance sometimes we have to do some things that aren't always that exciting but when you practice them consistently and you feel the benefits of doing them then they do tend to become something that's just a routine and it's it's worth it for the the results that it brings so make it as enjoyable as it can be and build habits and routines around the things that aren't super exciting but you just know they're good for you and then yeah you won't slide back unless you drastically change your actions so keep focused on habits routines and i think that the one bit that you said in the email amy that i wanted to just finish on and read out again was this he said i actively and gladly choose foods to nourish both my body and my soul i still eat the foods i love but balance this with all the right things too and plenty of walking eight thousand steps on the school run daily and fresh air i've overhauled my life and attitude to eating and moving my body for the sheer joy of it and the endorphins i get recently changed jobs so i have a bit more freedom and time to exercise so i've joined the gym plan to fit in a swim gym session weekly and sign up to my local zumba class too 
I know I'm doing all the right things. I trust myself implicitly that I will do this for life. That's the key right there. Everything that you wrote in that paragraph is about enjoying what you do, making changes that feel good, feel sustainable, making changes to to lifestyles, habits and routines where you've changed jobs, you've you actually bought into the gym, you've signed up to Zumba, you've set things in place, you've got the, the school run built in as a way of keeping active, eating foods that you love and balancing things out with great nutrition and the mindset as well actively and gladly choosing foods to nourish both your body and your soul and you know you're doing the right things trust yourself implicitly that you'll do this for life like you've got it like that's the key enjoying what you do and I think you're doing that so it's a just a fantastic example that that is how you achieve weight loss that lasts and hopefully just me reading this out might help someone else as well just to know that either like you're on the right track if you've got to your goal too and you're just doubting it if you know your habits are sustainable amazing you're on track if you're working towards that goal this is the key thing to follow making sure it feels good making sure you like the way that you do things and that's a combination it's a combination of great food finding balance being active as part of your lifestyle ideally doing strength training and having that mindset as well that you you do enjoy it you set it up to be enjoyable and you're choosing foods to nourish your body and your soul you're appreciating yourself and valuing yourself enough to do those things so that's it amy i hope that was helpful thank you again for emailing me and thank you everyone else for listening if you have any questions if you need any help feel free to email me my email is hayley at hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me and check out the resources and posts and videos on my Instagram page at Hayley Plummer PT or my Facebook page and the link to those are both in the show notes. Thank you for listening and speak to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, if I can help you in any way, please feel free to get in contact with me via my website hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on Facebook or Instagram and I would love to connect with you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll speak to you soon.